Hey friend, welcome to the Good Gets Better podcast. I'm your host, Amber Vreeland, and on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what scripture says about animals going to heaven with us. And I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I love animals, I love my dogs, and I think having animals in heaven would be incredible. So before we get into it, let's take a second and pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for another day. Lord, I pray that you would give us peace today, that no matter what we face, that we would have an inner confidence that comes straight from you, Lord. You give us strength to face every single thing that we have to face every day. And you take us through all of our battles. We've made it through every single bad day. And Lord, we are so blessed to be given such sweet, cute animals like dogs and cats and turtles and koalas and so many super cute, really cool animals that you've given to us. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would show us what your plans are. Lord, it is so kind of you to create a paradise for us to live eternally after earth. And we cannot wait to see what that looks like and to be able to live with you every day up there in heaven. But also, it is such a blessing to live with you on earth right now. So, Lord, I just pray right now that we would all recognize your presence every single day because you're here with us in this moment. So, Jesus, we give this day to you and we cannot wait to see what you have in store. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the reason why I thought this would be such a fun topic to talk about is because I actually have a lot of friends that don't believe that animals go to heaven with us or that animals don't have souls. And I totally understand that perspective, but I believe that animals do go to heaven with us. And I'll give you all of my reasons. They're all backed up by scripture. And I hope that you find this encouraging that your pet goes to heaven too. And the first place we are going to start in scripture is a story that is so fun, and it's a story that's not spoken about often. And the reason why I believe it's not spoken about often is because it's found in the book of Numbers. And you're probably thinking, like, how in the world is there a cool story in the book of Numbers? Because you would think that Numbers is just, well, a book of Numbers. But it's not. God made it so that there's this treasure of a story hidden in a book that not a lot of people pick up and read. It's hard enough to get people to want to read the Bible and to read it daily. And it's even harder to try to get people to read the book of Numbers. (laughs) So this story is about Balaam and his donkey. Starting in Numbers chapter 22, verse 21 all the way through verse 34, says, So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. 
As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. (laughs) Balaam, you got to stop beating your donkey. (laughs) Jeez. Then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it laid down under Balaam. So in a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. And then Balaam shouted, You have made me look like a fool. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all of your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded. Look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would have certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. And I think what's so cool about this story is that, first of all, the donkey could see the angel. It says in here that the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, but it never says that it opened the donkey's eyes. So that makes me believe that animals can see angels, which is so epic. And not only that, but the donkey was given the ability to speak. And if it's happened once before and it was documented, then chances are high that it's actually happened again, but it hasn't been documented. But even if it did ever happen again, if the Lord made an animal speak to someone, people would think that person is insane. They'd literally put them in the hospital. They would not believe that person at all because we live in such a faithless world. And it's so unfortunate because Jesus tells us to have a childlike faith. It says in Luke 18, verse 17, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. We are meant to have a high imagination because having a high imagination for what the Lord is capable of doing creates a faith in us that cannot be shaken. And that's why children have such a strong faith in God, because they believe in impossible things so much easier than we do. And I've never prayed that God would have an animal speak to me. And I'm sure that maybe you haven't either, but he is capable of doing that. And if an animal is able to speak, then that leads me to the conclusion that animals do have souls as well. You don't hear about nature speaking, except for in metaphors. 
But if an animal can speak and we can speak, then chances are high that they have souls too. And having a childlike faith requires us to believe in things that most people don't. And people are going to think we're crazy. But hey, we can all be Jesus freaks together. Because I don't know about you, I want to be a Jesus freak. Okay, my second point. If God called everything that he created good at the beginning of time, why would he keep us and then get rid of animals? No one can prove that animals aren't in heaven. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 21 says, For who can prove that the human spirit goes up and the spirit of animals goes down into the earth? That's King Solomon speaking. So then in Genesis, when God created the world, he created light, sky, land, and vegetation first, which is all forms of plants, stars, the moon, and the sun. And God saw that it was good. Genesis 1 verse 4, verse 10, verse 12, and verse 18. Then God made sea creatures and every kind of bird. And God saw that it was good. Genesis 1 verse 21. Then he made all the animals intended for the land. And God saw that it was good. Genesis 1 verse 25. And finally, he made us. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. Genesis 1 verse 31. So if God called everything that he made good, he called the animals good, he called humans good, he called all of the nature that he created on earth good, then I believe that animals actually have a higher chance of getting to heaven than we do. Because we, first of all, are the most apex predator there is in all of the ecosystem. And second of all, we sin continually all the time. And animals, I wouldn't say animals sin. There are some animals that are dangerous and you probably shouldn't mess around with them. But I believe in heaven, if they were to go there, that they wouldn't be dangerous anymore because heaven is safe. Heaven is kind. Heaven is good and life-giving. And right now, I'm reading the book Holier Than Thou by Jackie Hill Perry. And something that she says in her book about God's holiness revealed in creation is very fitting for this. It says, There will never come a day when God ceases to be holy. If that were possible, it would be the day he ceased to be God. Knowing that as an absolute and unmovable truth colors everything we understand about God's ways and works. In creation, he was holy. Man was made to image his righteousness and all the other things like the sky, the ground underneath it, and the animals on it were judged as good by God. And when he applies that word to anything, he is telling the truth. For if anybody knows how to use it the right way, it would be him. That's such a good quote. I love it. It's so encouraging. Piggybacking off of that point, wouldn't God bring all that is his home with him in heaven? If God decided, which he did, to take us home with him in heaven at the end of our days, and that is such a blessing, and I can only imagine that in heaven, it's not just going to be one big 
white room of complete emptiness, I'm sure it'll have nature. It'll have trees and sky and sunsets and all the beautiful things that he's made. So then why would he leave out animals if he created them too? Psalm 24 verse 1 through 2 says, The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For God has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. And then Psalm 50 verse 10 through 11 says, For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. So if everything on earth belongs to God, including insects and animals in nature and us, then I don't see why he wouldn't bring all of his creation that he called good at the very beginning when he designed them up to heaven with him. When you move houses, do you get rid of all of the belongings that you love, the things that you cherish, even the art that you designed? No, you don't. (laughs) You keep the things that you love with you and you keep the things that matter to you. And I believe that animals matter to God. And so I believe it would be the same with him, that he would take animals home to heaven with him. And God cares and provides for the animals just as he provides for us. Matthew 6 verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? If God provides food for the animals to the point where they don't even have to worry that they're not going to find food, they literally have to scavenge for food every single day for breakfast and lunch and dinner. And yet we have this special thing called grocery stores where we can go and get food for ourselves and it's easy for us. They live to find food and God provides for them. So if he provides for them and he provides for us, then I don't see why he wouldn't bring them home to be in heaven with him. You provide for something that you care for. If he didn't care for the animals, then he would not provide for them. But he provides for them. And I know that you could make the argument that God provides for the animals because they're our food and they keep us nourished. But think about how many animals we don't eat. There are so many animals out there that we don't eat, (laughs) thankfully. And I think that's so cool. And it shows God's intentionality. So if God provides for animals and humans on earth, and he promises to provide for humans eternally up in heaven, then I believe that he will provide for animals eternally as well. Because the Bible says that God does not change. So if God does not change, then it would be inconsistent for him to provide for animals throughout thousands of years on earth and then change his mind and not provide for them once they die and to provide another life for them. And just because it says that humans are more valuable in God's eyes doesn't mean that animals aren't valuable to God as well. Also, God's example of a perfect paradise on earth included animals. When you think back to the Garden of Eden, 
He made that to be the perfect world for us to live and flourish. And yet, of course, you know, Adam and Eve eat an apple from a tree that God told them not to eat from because he gives us free will to obey him or choose not to. And this, the Garden of Eden, included animals. (laughs) And that's obvious to us because we know that there was a snake in the tree that deceived them into partaking in an apple from a tree that they were not supposed to eat from. And if that's how God made a paradise look on earth, including animals, wildlife, trees, just a beautiful place where you can be with the ones that you love and to be with him, then I don't see how when he made another paradise that it wouldn't reflect the paradise he made in the Garden of Eden. I believe that the Garden of Eden is a great representation of what heaven is going to look like when you get there. And I know that the only thing that would not be included for our party up in heaven is going to be that tree of evil (laughs) because there's no evil in heaven and there's not going to be a little deceiver trying to convince us to come back with him to hell because heaven, we are safe with God. We've done our journey and I'm so grateful for that. We're not going to be sinning. Thank goodness. And God also had every opportunity to wipe out animals and provide another source of food for humans when he sent the flood to the earth. So back in the story of Noah, when he built the ark and God told him he was going to flood the earth because the humans were sinning like crazy and God knew that they needed a fresh start, God sent to Noah, male and female, of every single kind of animal to the ark so that they could continue to live on earth and reproduce and grow. And in that moment, when God sent the animals to the ark, God could have decided then, if he didn't see that animals were good, if he didn't believe that animals should be with us, then he could have wiped out the animals then. He didn't have to send any animals to the ark. We could have all just been vegetarians this whole time. (laughs) It's true. He could have wiped them all out at that point. It would have been the perfect opportunity. But he did not do that. He sent the animals to the ark and preserved them. He saved their life. And if he saved their life then, when he wipes the earth clear, then I don't see how he wouldn't also preserve the animals up in heaven. Now this one. This next example is solid. (laughs) It's solid, and I think this might be the best evidence that there is in the Bible of animals being in heaven, because Jesus himself is seen with one. So in Revelation 19 verse 11, it says, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. And we know that the writer, faithful and true, is Jesus riding that white horse in heaven. Mic drop moment right there. I don't believe for a moment that Jesus would have a horse all to himself up in heaven and then decide that he didn't want anybody else to have an animal or a pet either. And I also don't believe 
that he would only take horses to heaven and exclude all the other animals. That just would not make any sense. (laughs) It's like a skewed version of Jesus would say, I have an animal, but you can't have yours. And that does not exist. That's not Jesus's character. Jesus cares about us and he cares about the things that we care about. And if he cares about us in that way, and he cares about the little things, then I don't believe for a moment that he wouldn't care about us enough to care for the animals that we love. I cannot see Jesus gatekeeping all the animals to himself or taking one horse, saying that's his, and wiping out all the other animals. (laughs) Because what about his horse? His horse would love to have a friend who's also an animal And I know that if Jesus has a pet horse, which clearly he does, then he would care for that horse so deeply, just as we care for our pets and would want our pets to have friends and to not feel lonely. Not that it would feel lonely up in heaven, but it's just a nice thing to do. And we know that Jesus is kind and loving and full of provision. So I can give you all of this evidence of how animals exist in heaven and how God cares about them, and all of these different things. But the truth is, is that if you are so adamant about believing that God doesn't take animals to heaven, then nothing can change your mind. Because what you believe about God's character reveals what you believe He is capable of doing in your life, in everything around you, and what you believe about His character reveals whether you are willing to believe that he takes animals to heaven with us or not. Another quote by Jackie Hill Perry says, If his character isn't trusted, his words won't be believed. And man, that is such a good quote because the root cause of sin on a daily basis is the choice to doubt God's character and doubt his honesty and his loyalty and his righteousness, and his ability to do miracles and impossible things. And when we doubt God's character, that's when everything goes wrong. Because we believe, oh, you know, God's not going to see this. And then we do something that we shouldn't be doing. Or it's just one sin, and God forgives all things, and then we sin. But the facts are is that God is just, and he sees all things, and he knows all things, and And his word is true and it's life and it's been proven over generations and thousands of years. And yet we still doubt it sometimes. We doubt his ability to be able to split up oceans and make a way for us where there seems to be no way. And we doubt whether he can bring water from a rock and we think that's crazy. But that's just us choosing not to have faith because we doubt his ability to move in our day. When we know that God stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if that's the case, then he is able to split open a rock and have water spill out. He's able to open up the ocean so that we can walk right through it. He's able to do those things. And yet we doubt because we haven't seen it with our own eyes. But I know that you have witnessed it in the sunsets. You have witnessed his presence because he has moved in your life. You have made it through every single bad day. You are blessed beyond measure and you know it. 
you know that he's capable of doing these things that are incredible because he's done incredible things in you, through you, and in the lives of those around you. It's all dependent on what you choose to do because he gives us free will, just as he gave even Adam the ability to choose if they wanted to disobey him by eating from the tree that they were told not to eat from. And so I cannot tell you to believe that animals go to heaven unless you choose to believe that God cares about us enough to do that and that he cares about the things that he made and that he's intentional with everything that he does. And the truth is, is that a holy God cannot be a self-serving God. He cannot be selfish. And if God isn't selfish and he made an entire paradise for humans, by the way, humans are animals. We know this because of science. If he made an entire paradise for humans, then I know that the same God over us is the same God over the animals and the same God over nature, the one who paints the skies and calls every star by name. Then I believe that he has made a paradise full of animals and nature and stars and sunsets because he designs these things so beautiful and we love them so dearly. And I know that this heaven that he has made our home is going to be a place that is far beyond what we have here on earth because that's what he's promised us for eternity. And if it's better than it is on earth, then why would he take away things that he knows that we as humans love and care about? So I can't force you to believe something that you don't want to believe. But the scriptural evidence is there. So my question for you is, are you going to choose to believe God today? Or are you going to doubt him? Thank you for listening to the end of today's episode. I hope that you found it encouraging about God's faithfulness and his care for animals. I would super appreciate it if you rated this podcast and make sure to follow so that you can stay up to date for whenever a new episode drops. Have an incredible rest of your week and I'll chat with you again next Monday. And just remember, when you focus on the good and when you focus on God, the good gets better. 